Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. My guest is Karen Greenstreet, a small business consultant and a mastermind group expert, and the founder of the Success Alliance, an education company devoted to helping individuals and organizations design and grow their own mastermind groups. Welcome, Karen. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Mary. You are the master of masterminds, and I know because I've benefited from some of the educational content you've provided around this topic. And I'm curious, as we get started here, how do you explain a mastermind to somebody who's never heard of one? Right. So some people have heard the word mastermind group or peer advisory board. Sometimes they call it that, or sometimes they just call it a roundtable. The words don't matter, but the concept is a group of people who get together to share best practices, um, to help solve each other's problems, to support each other, um, to help them make really wise decisions, but also to help them create and implement action plans. And so typically it's an ongoing meeting where a relatively small group of people get together to do this kind of work on an ongoing basis. And the idea is that when many minds get together and share what they know, everyone is elevated and they learn far faster uh, and get better ideas than they could on their own. So that's the power of the mastermind, the power of the group. And when you say a relatively small group, is there a magic number from your standpoint? I have seen them, you know, four to eight to 12 people in a group. I know one um, professional association, what they do is they have quarterly conferences for their members and they run them once a quarter at those conferences. So it's not, you know, every week or every other week or once a month, they just choose chosen to do a bigger format less often. Well, that's one of my favorite things about them is that a mastermind group can, can really be anything. The heart of it is helping everybody get better and creating a safe environment where people can do brainstormings and where they can be held accountable. But you're right, it can be monthly, it can be quarterly, uh, it can even be annually uh, if you so choose. But I'm like you, I think that more often is better. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the benefits of masterminds from your perspective. Yeah. So if you're thinking about um, creating mastermind groups for your professional association members, for them, um, the benefit, of course, is that they can set and achieve goals faster than they could on their own. They can, when the life hands you road bumps and brick walls, you can learn from other people, pick people's brains about, well, how did you handle that? Or come up with really creative solutions to like something like a pandemic where nobody has any experience. We're like, okay, well, what can we do? And just um, play off of each other until you come up with these creative solutions and then try them and give each other feedback about how things worked. And so for the member, it is more value that they get from their membership in the professional association. And they have this opportunity to, um, to move forward faster than they could otherwise. And so the, the, proximity of the group is really helpful to them. There's also this, this feeling of community. I mean, if you want your, your members to feel like they're connected to each other, to the, to the professional association, I think these days, especially we're feeling a real lack of community, a real lack of, of being with other people who understand our situation. Um, when you meet on a regular basis with a group of people who are in your same industry, who have the same 
problems, the same dreams that you have, there's a real feeling of support and encouragement and empowerment that comes from a mastermind group. Now, for the professional association, it could be the benefits or anything from uh, creating more value for your members for retention purposes or recruitment purposes, right? We're all trying to to beef ourselves back up after the pandemic. Um, For some people, they see it as non-dues revenue generator. So it's a benefit that way for the association itself. So let's say that we have an association that has seen the opportunities here and they've pulled together uh, several mastermind groups. Uh, Give us an example of one or two people. And I know you personally run mastermind groups and you help people learn how to run Mm -hmm. mastermind groups. Give us an example or two of people who really, really benefited from it and uh, how they did so. So an example of, you know, on the back end, after somebody's successfully been in a group, what what might that trans, that personal individual transformation be for somebody? Well, I'll give you an example. Um, I ran a mastermind group once for people that were in the restaurant industry. They're all restaurant owners, and people in there. You would think that they would just talk about the practicalities of running uh, a business and running specifically uh, a restaurant and talk about hiring and firing and revenue and all kinds of stuff like that. But they also talked about things like time management, um, taking care of yourself, taking time off of away from the restaurant to refresh um, and talking about even things like how you were blindsided because you have individual assumptions about the way a restaurant should work. And when you hear from somebody else, like, oh, we don't do it that way. You're like, oh, that's really cool. And you kind of your eyes open. And so there was both business development that they got out of it and personal development as a, as a business owner, as a leader in, you know, as the owner of the restaurant. And then also as a, as a business owner, um, running the nuts and bolts of a business. And so they, they got a, a real sort of 360 holistic set of support when they were running in a mastermind group like that. What I hear a lot from association members is that nobody understands what it's like yeah. to be a blank. Right. You fill that in a dentist. Yes. Yeah. So there's a woman um, who's in my program and she runs a Marine Retailers Professional Association. And of course, no one understands Marine retailing, selling boats than other people who sell boats. Right. And so you could go home and talk to your husband or your wife and say, hey, today I did this. And they're like, oh, that's nice. They don't get it. You know, your friends, your neighbors, they don't get it. But the people who are in the industry understand when you've had a big win, they applaud you because they know what it took to get there. Really, they understand it. And when you have something go wrong, they understand that too. Like, yeah, I can see how that could happen. You just can't get that kind of support. I mean, your family and friends and your neighbors and your other professionals that you know, they want to be supportive, but they don't understand you at that same level. Well, and to use your example, nobody understands the ins and outs and the ups and downs of running a restaurant except for yeah, restaurant. Yeah, owner. exactly. So they could be in a mastermind group of business owners, but being in a mastermind group of restaurant business owners, there's that subtlety of um, detail that I think is crucially important. Yeah. Well, and I know that I've personally benefited from both kinds. So I've benefited mm-hmm. from being uh, in a mastermind with other authors or other speakers, which is one hat that I wear. Uh, but I've also benefited in being a in a mastermind, uh, an accountability group with people who aren't in either of those fields, because their perception of what I bring to the play is really from a layman's 
term. So I think there's right. benefits right. To, to actual both, like you said, the business side of it, and then more specifically, the restaurant side of it, an association yeah. can provide that specific, we're all social workers, we're right. all whatever the case may be. Exactly. That actually, I think is uh, one of the possible pros and cons of having an association run a mastermind is that you have groups of like-minded or uh, like like professional um, individuals, but what are some of the other pros and cons that associations should be thinking about? I I don't believe in adding work for work's sake, uh, the revenue and the enhance, the uh, opportunity to enhance member value are of extreme interest of me. Um, But, but if, if if we were going to take a step back and encourage associations to think this through pros and cons. Right. So of course on the pro side, um, are you looking to add more value to your member benefits that they get? Um, are you in a situation where your professional association is actually in competition with another type of association like the local chamber of commerce or something like that so that you want to um, have a competitive advantage? You want to offer something that the other people don't offer. Um, are you doing any kind of big recruitment push or retention push and you need to have this as a sweetener? Um, do you have an existing program? Like I know some professional associations have like a six month or a year long, almost like a training program. Often it's like leadership development, business development, uh, skill development, um, that a mastermind group would be the perfect add on to that. They're going to learn things and then the mastermind group will support them while they're implementing what they learned. Um, and then of course, are you looking for more revenue? So that's the pro side of it. The con side of it is someone has to run it. So who's that going to be? Some professional associations is a staff person. Uh, Some professional associations, they just outsource it to someone who's trained as a facilitator. Some professional associations decide they're going to handle all the administration. They're going to do all the marketing. They're going to take the money. They're going to do all that. And then on the opposite side, they outsource that like the, the facilitator provides them with all the marketing material. The facilitator provides them with uh, the pricing. The facilitator collects the money and then pays whatever portion that the, the professional association gets. And then there's all kinds of mixing in between. But who's going to run it from a facilitation side? Who's going to actually run the group and make sure the members are successful? And who's going to run the administration and marketing piece of it? So you have to think about that as well. Because like you said, you don't want to add even more work on um, to an already busy schedule. Some professional associations, what they do is they get the members to run the mastermind group meetings and they train those members how to be good facilitators. And they have volunteer members who do it for free. And then whatever income you get from that, you keep, or they offer it for free. And the mastermind group is free to members just as a benefit, no no revenue goal at all. But knowing um, how this workload is going to be shared, I think is really important. The other thing is, is um, do your members want it? <laughs> you know, if they, if you explain to them what a mastermind group is and you get the big yawn, they're like, oh, that's nice. Then why bother? I often suggest to professional associations, start with a pilot program, six or eight members, get it going, get their feedbacks, get the process flowing. Those six people become your ambassadors. And they share what they got from a mastermind group, and then you can grow more mastermind groups from there. And it's a simple starting, a way to start and mitigating some of these questions of, you know, what are some of the pros and cons? It's like, just try one, do a beta, a beta test and see how it goes. 
That is a great idea because you'll determine what the demand is. You'll be able to work out the kinks. It's very much in line uh, with some recent research I did about association innovation uh, and needing to pilot and recalibrate. Uh, for those listening, uh, we've got a white paper on innovation at associationinnovation.today uh, if you're interested in learning more about that. But Karen's touched on something that I think is really, truly an important way forward out of the pandemic, and that is not launching programs and trying to find an audience but uh, making sure using human-centered design, making sure that there's a demand for it and then launching and then recalibrating as necessary. And, and Karen <laughs> makes another great point here. If you launch successfully one group, now you've got some ambassadors, you've got testimonials and you can use those individuals to possibly reach out and invite others into future mastermind groups. So I think there's some real potential there. But and I, I often, just super quick, I often recommend that um, an association either creates a little video or writes an article about what a mastermind group is, and then asks people, we're thinking of doing a mastermind group or a peer advisory board, whatever, but anyway, we're thinking about doing it. Would you be interested or do you have any questions about it? And maybe have like a uh, an open you know, half hour conversation where people can ask questions and stuff just to see who shows up to see if there's interest. So you can gauge interest before you even offer it, because I would say probably they're going to find 40 to 50% already know what it is or have a pretty good idea what it is. And the other 50% need a little education to understand it. Maybe do a demo of a mastermind group meeting and be like, well, let us show you what a meeting looks like and see if you like it, you know. What characteristics you mentioned having a facilitator and whether this is somebody who's on staff or somebody who facilitates professionally, who partners with the association, but what characteristics are important for a mastermind facilitator? Well, this kind of facilitation is not like meeting facilitation. This is not someone who runs a team meeting um, or sometimes people use the term facilitator. It means trainer. This is different. This is a person who's trained in group dynamics and in helping people to create um, clear goals, make wise decisions, uh, build strong action plans, and be held accountable for making those action plans happen. And the person is trained in that process and in the process of deepening group discussion and creating trust and rapport among group members. So the, the whole um, group dynamics piece of it, plus the, the human success piece of it. So they know how to do all those things combined together. And so you want someone who knows what they're doing. I, I've seen people that they all oh, will just get people to volunteer and do it. And what they find is the, the meeting either devolves into a, a, a chat fest and nothing really happens, uh, or the facilitators know how to manage the group. And so a per, one person talks too much <laughs> and then they can't control. The other people don't get to say anything and the whole group kind of falls apart. So you need your first group to be successful. So you need to have someone who knows what they're doing and having that kind of training, I think is really helpful. And the, and the personality for it, you have to pick a person who they breathe. Their whole life is all about empowering other people to create success as they define success in their life. And someone who's really passionate about helping people to move forward is crucial. Um, they can't be halfway about it. They have to be all in. And Karen, I know that you train facilitators. Um, you know, what would you say is the biggest mistake you, you've seen with facilitators who succeed and those who don't? Um, part of it is managing the expectations of the group and, and being 
having the group create like a culture for itself. Part of it is managing the actual conversations that happen in the meeting, making sure they're rich and they're deep. And also that in those conversations, people are telling the truth and they're uncovering things that are kind of like the elephant in the living room. It's like, why are we not talking about this? And so being able to do that in a diplomatic way is crucial. And I've seen too often where the facilitator is just a little clunky about that and doesn't quite manage all of that really well. Um, the other thing that I think that the facilitator needs to be paying attention to is the individual member, what their, their individual goal is what the theme among all these members, how, why are these people in a group together? They're, they're, they're working on different parts of their life and yet they have to have something in common. So putting together, vetting a good group and bringing together people where the individual goals that they have have something in common. So every time one of those members is in the hot seat and is focused on, you know, here's a problem I wanna solve or here's where I need some answers, everyone else is learning. From that one hot seat, everyone's taking notes, you know? And so learning how to vet a group and put a group together where that magic is going to happen, I think is really critical. So let's talk about hot seats for somebody who's never seen right. one or been on one. How would you explain that? Oh, so it's it's a, a portion of time, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, where the entire group focuses on one member. And that member can bring to the group, here is a problem I want to solve. Here's a decision I need to make. Um, here's where I need a whole bunch of new ideas. I need to think outside the box and I'm just tapped out. Sometimes they, sometimes they use their hot seat to say, I have so much going on in my head. I just need to talk through what I'm thinking about. So you guys can tell me if I'm crazy or not. <laughs> Cause you know, when you have like a lot of stuff in your head and you can feel it like circling in your head and you just can't be clear because there's just too much and having a group of people where you can verbalize and say, let me tell you what I'm thinking about gets it out in front of you. And so, um, you know, when a person's a hot seat, they can ask for help in any of these areas. But because the, the mastermind group is a group of peers, in some way they're peers, that say I come to a hot seat, I say, I need to make a decision on whether I should, I don't know, be, be a professional consultant or be an employee within a company, same role, just two different career prospects, that the group can then help that person through that decision. And by doing that, they might not have that exact same decision they have to make, but they now learn the decision-making process mm -hmm. as they all benefited from that one hot seat. Thank you. And let's flip this now. We talked about facilitators, but let's flip it. What characteristics make, so if, if I'm going to be a, a stellar group member, right? what characteristics would I bring to the table? So commitment, number one commitment, you have to be willing to show up for meetings and show up completely in meetings, meaning you have to be vulnerable and you have to participate and you have to be willing to both ask for help in your own hot seat and give help in everyone else's hot seat. So that balance has to be part of your makeup that you're willing to give help and receive help. You also need to be really dedicated to what your goals are. And so when the, when the facilitator asks you as a member, what is it you're trying to create here? And, and what is the action plan you need to get there? Then you have to really want that goal. There has to be something in your professional life or your personal life you really want to change. And you're committed to doing that. So if you can't commit to the group and you can't commit to yourself, you probably shouldn't be in a mastermind group. <laughs> Well, and that, you know, that speaks to how important every piece to the puzzle is. A, a strong right. facilitator is a must, but 
individuals who are willing to show up, who are willing to do the work because there's right. an awful lot of people who would like to just talk about what they would like. Yes. <laughs> they don't want to do the work. Um, but I think uh, they have to be good listeners too. So not, right. not just thinking about their hot seat and the mm-hmm. problem or challenge or resources that they want to ask for, but also a willingness, as you said, to learn by listening uh, to, to what else. I often happen. suggest to my facilitators at the very first meeting they have with a new group, they teach them some listening skills mm. and they explain about this fair conversation, this balanced, equal conversation concept and they do some goal setting and a lot of this stuff they do in that first meeting to sort of set the tone and to create a baseline for everyone about this is the way we're going to run our hot seats. This is why you need to be concise. So because some people like to talk too much, <laughs> um, you know, this is how we're going to run. Here's our agenda for our meetings, all that stuff. Teach them that in that first meeting, how to ask good questions, how to listen, how to offer advice, how to offer insight when you think maybe someone has a blind spot and how to do that in a kind way and yet be truthful versus a comfortable lie, which we don't want to do in a mastermind group. Excellent. Oh, great points. Karen, I, you know, I could talk to you all day about this because, you know, I'm passionate about this topic too. I think you've got a couple of resources that you can provide and that we can put in the show notes. You want to tell us about those? Yes. So first thing I have is I have a um, an ebook, a short ebook about adding mastermind groups to your professional association. I also have uh, just recently, I did a one hour strategy session with a group of people who wanted to add mastermind groups to their professional association, their chamber of commerce, their um, business develop, small business development center. And we went through all of the decisions you have to make when you're designing a group like this. A little bit about like what we talked about today, but in more depth. So both the ebook and the webinar, people can just send an email to office at thesuccessalliance.com and we'll be happy to, to get you links for any of those. All right. Repeat that email. We want to make sure we yep. get office at thesuccessalliance.com. Great. Karen, it's been a delight talking with you today. Thank you for being here. I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. 